0: My name is um, my, my name's Charlie, I'm on the staff team here at Southwest, um, looking after the youth and the students, um, and it's awesome, because it's my first time out at the front here today preaching, so it's very exciting. Um, and if you'd like to turn with me to, if you have a Bible, or it will come up here probably as well, John 11, um, so if you can turn to John 11, we can, you can read with me. So John 11, verse 17. We'll start out at verse 17. Great. So on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know now, even, even now God will give it you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. "'Where have you laid him?' he asked. "'Come and see, Lord,' they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "'See how he loved him.' But some of them said, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of a blind man blind man "'have kept this man from dying?' Jesus once more moved, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. "'Take away the stone,' he said. "'But Lord,' said Martha, the sister of the dead man, By this time, there was a bad odor. For He's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, and his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. So um, a little question for you to speak to the person next to you for just 30 seconds is, um, Do you believe Jesus was emotionally healthy? Um, so, today we'll be talking about emotional, like um, Jesus as being the embodiment of emotional health. So, just to the person next to you, is Jesus, do you believe Jesus was emotionally healthy? And, um, and why or why not? Go. Okay, if we can bring it back in and finish your last sentence, that would be awesome. So today I want to speak about emotion. I want to speak about emotion and Jesus. And I've been inspired recently um, to journey towards a more balanced um, like faith and a more, a more balanced Christian living. Um, like a lot of you, um, like some of you, I grew up in um, a Christian family and going to church each week. Um, and I think I had more of an emphasis or the danger I had in my life definitely from growing up in, it, in the church I grew up in was we tend to like compartmentalize our lives. So this is like my church life and this is the rest of my life. Um, and God's only in this little faith life um, over here. Um, and everything over here seems like quite, it felt quite pressured. It feels like, oh, you have, it's all about telling people about Jesus and it's all about evangelism um, and making disciples of other people. Um, which kind of makes sense in one respect because um, um, we do want to tell people about Jesus, and that's really good. Like We're running alpha courses here to tell people about Jesus, um, and we're doing one in the youth, which I'm super excited about. Um, but if that's just it, um, our faith is and our, our life is, is not, it's not full, and it's not, it's not everything Jesus wants it to be. Um, and and the, again, the danger of that is that it's all about everyone else. If it's all about evangelism, it's all about ever, telling everyone else. It's not about me. It's about everyone else. And again, that kind of makes sense in a weird way because if, if I believe in Jesus, I'm fine. I'm kind of, I'm safe. I'm going to go to heaven. But other people need to hear. Other people need to hear. And that's the most important thing. Um, I, we can kind of rest when we get to heaven, right? We don't need to really rest now. We need to, just, we need to go, get going. Um, but I think this view of like meeting a Christian life like this was really hurried. It was frantic. It felt like every second really counted. It was quite pressureful. Um... And, it, yeah, it wasn't healthy. Um, and I was kind of living under this unhealthy, manic fear of, like, um, this, this f- almost fear of God, but an unhealthy fear of God, which drove my actions. Um, and if you actually look at Jesus' life, I was thinking the other day, like, he, we only get a small snapshot of his life. 99% of his ministry um, that's in the Gospels is kind of that age from 30 to 33. It's about three years. Um, we don't really think about what he was doing before that time. Do we? we just. We, but he—he—he's the guy who's changed the whole world more than anyone else who's ever lived. But he did it in a period of three years. Um, he definitely wasn't in a hurry. He wasn't rushed. He wasn't—he um, wasn't freaking out about am I doing enough. Um, um, so before I started kind of thinking, I was going to do this talk on emotional 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 health. Um, I was like, really, am I going to preach to church about emotional health? That seems a bit, I'm not sure people will like, like that, and if they're like that, has that got anything to do with Jesus? Um, and then I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me that question, do you believe Jesus was emotionally healthy? And I was like, yeah, of course he was, you know. I'm pretty sure Jesus is emotionally healthy. Um, and that's kind of why I asked you that question today, just to get you thinking about that as well. Um, but if Jesus is emotionally healthy, we should see his emotional health in the Bible, in the Gospels as well. So um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to um, look, start look, reading through the Gospels. And that's what I've kind of started to do the last few weeks, is just start reading some of the Gospel stories um, through the lens of like, seeing Jesus as an emotionally, emotionally healthy uh, human. And that he wasn't just really nice and easygoing and like, kind of hippie Jesus, but he was, um, in some ways, he was the opposite. He was quite like, fierce. Um, he had, like, very strong emotions of anger uh, and sadness and even fear at times. But all these, like, emotions we sometimes see as negative or, like, they make us sad. Um, for Jesus, they were all rooted in a really healthy place, and they were right. Um, and there's a verse in Hebrews that says, If we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, that we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And like I was saying, I'm sometimes tempted to make Jesus kind of like hippie Jesus, or like, Jesus is like Superman, perfect Jesus. Um, he didn't ever really have to try hard at anything. You know, he's, he's, he's human, but, you know, he's God, so he, doesn't, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't really have to try at anything. Um, and my attitude's kind of like, well, of course he can do it. It's Jesus, you know, it's not hard for him. Um, and in doing that, I removed the humanity of Jesus. Um, but this verse shows us he was tempted in every way, um, just like we are, and he had the full range of human emotion. Um, he would have faced fear and um, but he, And when he got fearful he just, would have, he just would have never chosen to let that lead him forward and be that the deciding factor that made his choices um, and when he got angry, he did get angry but his anger was always rooted from that a healthy place um, and he always chose love even when love looked like conflict and confrontation um, so just to um, lighten things up we've got a uh, Video clip here. Has anyone seen Inside Out, the Pixar film? It's one of my favorite films, um, favorite Pixar films. And um, just to set it up, this is a, a, t- a few minute clip. Um, and it's basically the film is about a girl called Riley, who's like a, I imagine she's like about eight years old or so. Um, and the clip you'll see her with her parents, and she's just moved away. They've moved house, they're in America, but they've moved far away from where they used to live. And so Riley's living in a new place. She's had to leave her old sports team behind. Um, and she's had to leave all her friends behind. She's in this house she doesn't really like, she doesn't really know anyone. And, she's, um, and the, you'll, you'll see in a minute, this doesn't really make sense, but there's, there's like five emotions in everyone's head, um, as, and they're characterised as little people. And um, sa- her sadness and her joy, so her sadness and her, her happiness or joy, have gone missing, leaving the other three emotions in her head to kind of rule the roost. So let's just watch it, and it, it should make sense. So... As it turns out, the green trash can is not recycling. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one... Riley is acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco, and get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, this, this, this. here, you, you pretend to be Joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. sure. Did. Something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So, how was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay, um... It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're gonna find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. She's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? Well, Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Uh, he's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, Are you kidding me? Time for this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? Boo, I'll be Jura. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? Ugh. Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude. No, 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 stay happy. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen. DEFCON 2. DEFCON um, 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well... Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to second position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Ah! Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Ah! the foot is down the foot is down yeah! good job gentlemen that could have been a disaster well that was a disaster come fly with me <sighs> <laughs> okay so that's quite funny but the, the the sad thing is, I, I sometimes I recognise myself in like that reaction in like in Riley's reaction, the the reaction, the emotional reaction of a like eight year old girl. i like, I see that in me at times, which is also funny. Um, but I think we all have that to an extent. Um, so let's look at the story of Lazarus. Um, the classic kind of Martha Mary story we we hear is actually not in John 11, but in Luke 11. Um, And it's kind of the story where we feel we should be more like Mary and less like Martha. And Martha's kind of at at home, swooping around, um, not very welcoming. And Mary's like the one who sits at Jesus' feet, kind of looking into his eyes, um, kind of like goody two-shoes. But this story is a different one. Um, But I think it brings out some more of the character of Mary and Martha uh, in this passage of John. So, first of all, let's look at Martha, because so, um, we see like two different emotional responses of Jesus in Martha and in Mary. So, Martha comes out straight away to Jesus and says, in, if you look down at verse 21, she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know even now that God will give you whatever you ask. And I think on first reading, I just skip over it, and I'm like, wow, she's really faithful. She knows Jesus is going to raise Lazarus she's got amazing faith because she says I believe God will give you whatever you ask Um, but even if she does have faith for that the first thing she says is if you had been here my brother uh, wouldn't have died Um, which I think if someone said to me "Is the first thing I said to them you'd get quite offended at that wouldn't you if their brother just died and they came up and she said "Um, if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died you'd be like oh wow Um, and Jesus' responses to Martha are kind of in some ways, they're kind of quite religious, and like, not, they don't seem overly compassionate in some ways. Because um, what, what he comes back with is, um, oh, he will, ri- he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. And again, I, I normally skip over that, but I was thinking with a new lens on, imagine the next funeral you go to, someone's died, and, and you say, oh, he will rise again on the resurrection on the last day. Like, you probably get a punch from someone for saying that, I think. Um, But Martha replies, yes, I know he will. Um, And Jesus then says, I am the resurrection and the life, trying to say, you know, I'm I'm not just the resurrection at the end times, but I'm I'm the life now. And she replies, yes, I know you are, Lord. Um, And she's agreeing with Jesus, but there's also almost a passive, I'm reading a kind of a passive-aggressive undertone to what she's saying, to what Martha is saying here. And she's almost, you can tell she's angry at Jesus, I think, because what she first comes out with is, if you weren't here, he wouldn't be dead. But then she's like, oh, I can't agree. I don't want to disagree with him. So she suppresses her emotions here, um, her internal anger. Our, kind of out of respect for Jesus in some ways. Um, but she's saying with her mouth one thing, and then with her heart she's saying something else. Um, and I think what we can get from Martha is Jesus doesn't want us to be emotional robots. Um, or like I was thinking, like from The Simpsons, like Ned Flanders, who's like, everything's great, everything's great all the time, you know that? He's like that stereotypical Christian, who's like, everything's great, everything's great, and like, I can't, I can't, can't see everything's, anything's wrong, because that would be like disrespectful or, or bad. Um, Jesus doesn't want us to be like that. He doesn't want us to suppress our emotions. Um, let's look at Mary. So Mary, on the other hand, she doesn't come straight out to Jesus I think um, Martha's probably like the responsible older sister maybe and sort of comes out, I've got to greet Jesus because it's the right thing to do, even if I don't feel like it. Mary's kind of the opposite. She's just kind of an emotional wreck on the floor of her house. Um, and, when, and you can tell she's emo- emotional because if you look down at verse 32, she's, she, when she comes out, she falls at Jesus' feet. Um, and I again, I don't know when the last time when you fell at someone's feet crying was, but like that's a, I think it's safe to assume she's very emotional um, and rightly so, her brother has just died. But I think if Martha's over here, like, suppressing her feelings, Mary's over here, being like, emotions, just vomit your emotions out. Um, and, that's a, and, and for all of us, that would be a tendency either way. Um, we, can, we, we could, like Mary, splurge our emotions out everywhere without thinking about how it actually affects the people around us, um, which is also just as unhealthy as suppressing them in some ways. Um, for example, growing up with a younger brother, I often, when I got angry with him, I want to punch him. So, <laughs> um, but I was thinking that's not the right way to let my anger out. Even though I, I'm angry, I want to punch him, I don't want to let my anger out like that. Um, but again, I don't want to suppress it and do nothing, but I need, to, I need to find a healthy way to let that out. So that's kind of a, a way of looking at this, I was thinking. Um, Mary also, I don't think it's a, mis- like a mistake. Mary starts with the same words that Martha did when she speaks to Jesus. And she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. So again, that brings out that sort of anger um, that she's actually feeling. Um, she just kind of, it all comes out. Um, but they're both angry at Jesus. Is basically the message. They're just expressing it in different ways. One's like doing it in a polite, suppressed way. The other one's kind of doing a bit of a, a splurge, emotional way. Um, and there's a high chance that all of us here will do both, but with different people in different situations. Um, and, but we'll probably have a tendency for one or the other um, but let's look at Jesus, because Jesus is like our, our emotional measuring stick, I guess. He, he's like, he's emotionally healthy. Um, that's what I believe. So let's look at what he does. Because um, what's amazing is actually his reaction. Because um, both these sisters have said to him, um, the first thing they've said is, if you had if been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And like, if someone said that to me, I would, um, they're, they're angry at him, kind of. Um, and almost bl- it seems like they're blaming him for the death of their brother. And I think when I read this sometimes, I almost take on offense on Jesus' behalf. I'm like, well, he doesn't get offended, but he could get offended for that. And they're almost blaming him for, it, for the death of um, their brother. It's not Jesus' fault that Lazarus has died, but they're putting it on him. Um, but I think they're, what, they're, what they're actually doing is they're, they're angry because they're actually sad underneath. And this is where I think the video clip that we watched kind of helps. Um, So when we're actually angry about something, it's just sadness underneath. Um, So, for example, Riley in the film, she's actually what she's doing is she's sad. She's sad because she's left all her friends, left her house, um, left all that stuff behind. She's actually sad. But because sadness and happiness, her emotions have left, all that's left to be in control is fear and disgust and anger. Um, But underneath those emotions, she's actually just sad. She needs sadness back to take control so she's able to sit in her sadness and actually grieve her loss. Um, But that emotion is just covered with the anger, the disgust, and the fear. Um, So I think Jesus actually, he's so emotionally healthy, he sees that in these women. I'm taking a bit of license because it doesn't tell us about Jesus' emotions. So we don't see this, but um, if we're we're believing that Jesus is 100% human, and he's not, you know, super Jesus, but he's 100% human, he's 100% God, he's both, but he he is human, um, he could take on offence. But I think he, he sees through their anger and he sees through to the sadness beneath and that allows him to have compassion for them. Even though he's being held as the source of the problem almost in their eyes. Um, he puts himself in their shoes and allows himself to feel their pain. And he's actually doing this at the, as, at the same time as it says in verse 3 um, that Lazarus was the one that Jesus loved. So Lazarus is like a super good friend to Jesus but Jesus is so emotionally healthy, even in the middle of his own grief and his own sadness, he's able to have compassion for the sisters. I think the second thing that Jesus does is he that shows his emotional health is um, he in verse thirty-five. It says it says Jesus wept, um, and he just allows his tears to flow. Um, so he recognizes his own sadness, and he doesn't suppress it like Martha. He isn't like completely just like fall on the ground like um, Mary, but he, he expresses it in like, a really appropriate way. Um, and he allows his sadness to affect him and to be seen by other people. Um, and like, our, our emotion is completely connected to our, like, our physicality, so when we're sad and happy, it comes out through our emotions. It's just body language. Um, and in the same way, our... Our spirituality and our, 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 our relationship to Jesus, is, I believe, is deeply connected to our emotions too. And if we allow Jesus into our emotions and to, to ask the Holy Spirit, what's going on there? What's going on there? Um, I think we can have a, a more holistic, like, complete relationship with God as well as all the other things we do. Um, and I, I, I find this crying thing amazing because I've always found it hard to cry in front of others. I think I hit a certain age in my like, mid-teens where I was like, nope, not going to cry. <laughs> um. And I didn't want to like, show I cared on the outside, I didn't want to look weak, I didn't want to look vulnerable. And until like, pretty recently, I would watch even a sad film like, with other people, I'd cry by myself if I watched a sad film with other people, I'm like, mm, hold it in. <laughs> um, and that was my, almost my way of dealing with emotion. I probably have a tendency to be more, more like a Martha, I'm more of a suppressor on the whole. Um, but I've been in a kind of a journey um, to like, kind of changing that the last couple of months. Um, and the funny thing is, when I look at other people cry, especially when I've seen like, male leaders cry in my life, um, I've, I, see, I, I feel like I trust them more, I have a better connection with them, um, and I've felt really able to honour that person in that, in that moment. I haven't felt like, "Oh, what are you doing? Um, so it's funny, I don't offer myself that same compassion that I give to other people. Um, so I've been trying to practice um, letting my tears out and to see them as like courageous and brave rather than authentic rather than suppressing them Um, so just to finish I've basically been trying to fall in love or been falling in love with Jesus who felt the full spectrum of human emotion Um, he didn't cheat as God he wasn't like super 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 God he didn't fake the emotion Um, he was really human and he he was really tempted, and he found life tough and hard as well as supremely joyful and fulfilling. Um, and I just encourage you like, to, to start looking for the places um, in Jesus's life in the Bible where he is emotional or has really, really strong feelings, and then um, just ask, "How is that healthy?" So like when he goes and kicks over the tables in the temple, like, "How is his anger healthy there?" Or when he cries before he goes to the cross,, like, how is his emotion healthy there? how is he emotionally healthy when he like, confronts the Pharisees and the religious leaders? Because that's one that I'm like, I'd find that really hard. I find confrontation really tough. So I, wouldn't be able to, I felt like I wouldn't be able to confront the Pharisees um, if I was in that situation. Um, so, yeah, Jesus came to die for us, to save us, um, so we can trust in him and have a new and eternal life. Uh, and that is the promise, new life and new life to the full. Um, And we have this Alpha course, like we're saying, running from September onwards. um, Two Alpha courses, Youth and Adult Alpha, which is super exciting. Um, And that's where we can bring questions about, you know, who is God, what is faith, what is Christianity. Um, But once we are committed to Jesus and we, like, trust him, it can be very easy to make Christian, being Christian just about church or telling others or evangelism or ministry moments or or about worship, like song worship. And these are really important, key, key things. But... I think what I found recently is just inviting God into the rest of our lives—the ni- the rest of the 95% of our lives. Um, like invite the Holy Spirit into our hard relationships, um, our tough conversations, our conflict moments. Um, let Him understand our emotions and our feelings, um, and I think we'll, you'll see even more fruit and growth in your life than you, you have before, because um, that's what I found.